What's up, all you sinners out there? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. Coming to you live from the capital city of the Bible Belt, lovely Lynchburg, Virginia. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hope everybody's been doing some good sinning while I've been away. I missed you last week. I got a puppy. And that motherfucker is crazy. So I've had my hands full. So last week was really, really difficult. Not bad. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Got a lot of energy. I've been getting a lot of exercise because of this new guy. But uh, yeah, I had my hands full last week. I apologize. Hope everybody's doing well. I think I mentioned that. Uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you for checking it out. If you've come back for more ear punishment, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, wow. Been a pretty crazy couple of weeks. I'm recording this on Sunday morning, you know, when I should be in church and all. And yesterday, everybody was worried about the uh, new invasion of the nation's capital. And, uh, you know, they put a fence up again and everybody was worried about uh, our nation's capital being invaded again by Americans. And it ended up being a big fucking dud. Quite disappointing. No interviews with stupid ass Trump supporters. I didn't see any of those people crying and screaming about the stolen election. I didn't see any of that shit. But then again, I was busy too playing with my new puppy. So I haven't been watching the news much either. But anyway, one thing I have been doing in the last couple of weeks, um, I have been a big, big fan of someone for many years, actually since the 80s. And I probably didn't find out that he was actually an atheist and a very outspoken atheist until probably the early 2000s. And I've seen him on a million talk shows and variety shows and listened to him on thousands of podcasts. And he's just one of my heroes. He's legit. He's outspoken. He legitimately does not give a fuck but he makes a lot of money. He has his own theater named after him in uh, Las Vegas. And um, I would imagine that comes with a certain amount of wealth. And uh, like Joe Rogan says, you know, what's the point of having fuck you money if you can't tell somebody fuck you once in a while? Well, he's definitely got fuck you money. Anyway, um, person I'm talking about is a gentleman named Penn Gillette. And that Gillette is spelled with a J. Um, part, uh, he's one half of the magic comedy duo of Penn and Teller been around forever. You've probably seen him or known him. And anyway, um, he's got an amazing podcast. One of my favorite podcasts, it's called uh, Penn Sunday school. I think it comes out every Thursday where him and a couple of his longtime friends and, and business partners and stuff sit around and they talk about everything you can think of. Um, they just kind of spend an hour and a half just being funny and making fun of shit. And I love it. And if you want to pick it up and you want to listen to it on your particular platform, you can really start at any episode. Uh, they're pretty timeless. Um, but anyway, it's worth the listen. If you like this podcast, you will absolutely love Penn Sunday School. It's amazing. But Penn Gillette's one of my heroes. He's one of my favorite people. He's probably one of the big reasons why I feel comfortable being as outspoken as I am because he had the balls to lead the way, and uh, I'm pretty grateful. But beyond just being an outspoken atheist, he's he's probably one of the smartest people that I've ever known of or heard of or heard about or heard. 
Uh, he's he's brilliant, and he's written a handful of books, and um, they're all just absolutely hilarious, funny. I've had to pull over a couple of times this week listening to one of his audio books. It just makes me laugh so hard I can't drive. It's unbelievable. But um, he brought up a question, which is going to be the subject of my podcast today, the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. And I wanted to give credit where credit was due. I didn't want to come out with this episode and think that you thought I was that original and that creative that I've thought of this on my own. No, I actually uh, I stole this question from him. It was in one of his books. I thought it was brilliant. Anyway, um, today is the day where I want to talk about the one question. And it's a question that I haven't asked many people but I have a feeling now I'm going to start asking it more often. Um, if you live in a world like I live, where you're surrounded by people who love talking about their faith and love talking about being a Christian, um, I feel that it's necessary to talk about my non-beliefs in Christianity and my non-beliefs in religion. And of course, anytime you mention that you might be an atheist or you might not believe, then that just gives them full permission in their mind to just beat you over the head with their Bibles any chance they get. Um, that's one part of the hypocrisy of Christianity that annoys me is that they feel like they can talk about their faith nonstop, but as soon as you talk about being a non-believer, you instantly become a bad person and you instantly become a bad guy. And that gives them more permission. You know, they feel like it's their responsibility as a, as a Christian, as a good Christian, to try to convert you to their beliefs. But as soon as you try to make them think about theirs and maybe ask a couple questions about their beliefs, then you're just a horrible person. And uh, I think that's really unfair. That's, that's part of the reason I, I dislike religion and Christianity so much is across the board, the hypocrisy of it all. So today I want to talk about asking one question. If you're like me, you're surrounded by Christians, you're surrounded by Bible thumpers who love to talk about it any chance they get, because they're usually they're not smart enough to really talk about anything else. Um, you don't really have to have a lot of knowledge or be able to learn a great deal when you live your life based on fairy tales, because then you can kind of just make it up as you go along, right? Whatever feels right at the time. So the question that I would ask, and you can ask this of a friend, of a loved one, uh, of a family member, of a coworker. You can ask this question to anybody you choose. You can ask a total stranger. Actually, what I'm going to do next time is next time a Jehovah's Witness knocks on my door, I'm going to ask this question to them and see what kind of response I get. But keep in mind that this question not only could be a conversation ender, but it can be a relationship ender as well. This is the kind of question that you ask of someone that can really kind of, it, it could potentially sever all ties, which is part of the reason that I like uh, the question. Uh, the question, uh, it defines people. Uh, once you ask this question and you get the answer, you will pretty much know everything you need to know about the person that you asked the question to. Um, it really is a game changer and it's very simple. It's such a simple question. Now you can just approach a person 
and you can just throw the question out there without any kind of pregame or any kind of um, setup. You can just blurt it out and see what you get. Um, I personally, because I want the person that I'm asking to feel that it's an important question, I like to preface it with a few things. Like, number one, it's a yes or no question. It's a very simple question, and it's only yes or no. There's no maybe. There's no I don't know. You can't let them hem and haw about it. You can't let them say, well, you know, that would never happen. He would never say that. You can't do that because if they do that, if they say, I don't know, if they say, I'm not sure, if they say that would never happen, then the answer is no. Then their answer, you can convert it right over. Then their answer is no. But if the answer is yes, you may seriously want to question having further contact with this person. Again, you have to be careful because if you ask this of a family member, it could do some damage. It really could. So I'm not here to uh, tear apart families or ruin friendships or anything like that. But if you have someone in your life that you either need to get your point across to or that you want them to think about their beliefs or want them to think about the things that they say out loud in front of people, this could be a game changer. But again, be careful because this could be a game ender. This could totally end a relationship. All right, so here goes. You're ready. Simple yes or no question. The question is this. If God came to you, and ask you to kill your children, would you do it? It's that simple. If God came to you and asked you to kill your child or your children, would you do it? Now, there is there are stories in the Bible that shows that this actually did happen. So it's not like we're basing this on something that's not already written in Scripture. But here's how it plays out. If they answer no, you can look at them and say, congratulations, you're an atheist because you have the doubt. You have the doubt. You have enough doubt not to want to kill your children because of your religious beliefs and your beliefs in your God. If they answer yes and they're honest about it, we have a problem. We have a person who could potentially be a homicidal maniac, and you may want to question the amount of contact you have with this person moving forward. And if they say yes to that question and they're willing to kill their child or their children over their imaginary best friend in the sky, do you really think they would give two thoughts about killing you? That's the question. That's the answer, yes or no. Now, it may seem a little out there, and you may say to yourself, well, that might, that'll probably never happen, but it could. If God is everywhere and God knows everything and everything happens according to God's plan, and if God's plan is that maybe your children aren't quite what they should be, see where I'm going with this? Now, this is a question that's actually designed to make people feel uncomfortable, now, I personally enjoy making people feel uncomfortable. I enjoy forcing people to think about things in a slightly 
non-normal way, especially people that I care about and that I love. I know I used to drive my girlfriend absolutely apeshit talking about my non-Christian beliefs, but I only did it because I care. I don't want to see anybody that I love or that I care about waste their life living it based on these fairy tales and this imaginary wizard in the sky. I don't want them to think that this is just a small part of their life, that this is, okay, well, when this life is over, we move on to something else. I don't want people that I care about and love to think that. I want people that I care about and love to think this is it. This is the only life we get. This is the only shot we get, and we better make the best of it. We better do everything we can to live every day, to be positive, to do good, fun things without hurting ourselves, without hurting each other. And let's make the most out of this life. Let's enjoy it to its fullest because this is the only one we get. And those people that believe and have faith and and they think, well, there's heaven, there's hell, there's so on and so forth. They're living their life based on the hope and belief that something better comes after this life. Well, I don't feel that way. So I want people that I love and care about to live their life to the fullest and live it as if it's the only one they get. Because in my heart and in my mind, that's what I believe, that it is the only one you get. Now, another part of asking this question is you get to draw the line in someone's depth of belief. If they say no, or if they hem and haul about it and say, well, I don't know, I'd have to think about it. Then what you're dealing with basically is a convenient Christian. Is someone that's not 100% on their beliefs, but they're a Christian when it's convenient for them, when it works for them, when it benefits them. Some people use their faith to network, to go to church. It's a business tool. Um, some people do it just because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel safe. It makes them feel like they're somehow being protected by some imaginary force field. Uh, some people have a, have a faith because... They don't want to have to think that the loved ones that they've lost, that they're never actually physically going to see them again. So there's a lot of reasons to be a convenient Christian. And my belief is that the majority of Christians, the majority of people who claim to be Christians, the majority of people who go to church are convenient Christians. Because when push comes to shove, when they get questions that make them feel uncomfortable or if they're in situations that make them feel uncomfortable, they will back down and they will question themselves. They'll think about it for a split second. If they have to think about this question, then they have doubt. Then they might not quite be the Christian that they think they are. So it's a very powerful question, but I hope you understand that it should be used carefully because it can end some things, you know. Um, Being a devout Christian, part of that belief is that no one should ever question my beliefs. That's kind of how they live. That's how they roll. You see it, and I see it every day at work where people talk about their faith and how dare you question them about it? How dare you have an opposing opinion? Um, And I'm sure anybody out there who's an atheist like I am, you run into it all the time of how dare you? How dare you? But I dare and I do. And I feel better doing it. Now, my coworkers, um, I don't have the same feeling about them as the 
people that I love and care about and family that I really want them to live their fullest life to its potential because this is the only one we get. The reason I like to have verbal uh, battles with my coworkers is because I think they're retarded. Oops, I can't use that word. I think they're really dumb and I like pointing it out to them. I love watching them scramble. I love watching them just flip the fuck out when I bring up something that they really don't have an answer for, you know, uh, I love it, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's important that we look out for the people we care about now, somewhere in all this, you have to be able to assess and have an understanding of how intelligent the person is that you're having this conversation with. Some people are Christians because they've just been talked into it and it sounded good and it's a great story and they're really not smart enough to question it themselves. Not much you can do for someone like that. There's really not. Um, It's a good story. It, It has a happy ending where everybody goes to heaven and lives happily ever after on streets paved of gold and there's never any bad weather and you never get sick and you you live you you look the best you ever looked in your life in heaven for eternity and uh, that's a great story and it's kind of hard to sell against that so if you have someone who's lacking in intellect they're going to go for that every time it's a great fucking story i wish i would have wrote it like i wish i would have written the song happy birthday you know there's certain things that it's like man i wish i I wish I could have come up with all of the stories in the Bible. I, man, that, I mean, that really, the fan club is amazing and it's deep and it spends money. And again, that's why I think religion is so successful in our country and such a moneymaker. You know, the old saying, a fool and his money are soon parted. Well, it's a perfect storm. You got people who have money. I guess some people have more money than others, but. Some people are quick to part with it, and what better way to see how dumb someone is to see how deep their faith is? Go get that money. So, yeah, that's the question. Again, I don't take credit for it. I stole it from Penn Gillette. I'm a thief, but it's okay. Um, I don't know quite how to respond to to the hostile Christians yet that are going to really, when you ask this question, they're going to just flip the fuck out. And I'm sure that as I start asking this question more often, I'm going to run into that. I'm not quite sure yet how I'm going to respond to that because, you know, people are crazy. People are fucking nuts. I don't, there's a, there's one or two people that I work with that I wouldn't ask this question to because I, I think they would probably go home and God would tell them to kill me. And they wouldn't think twice about that. So you got to be careful. You got to pick your spot, you know, pick your moment, pick your person. And if you have someone in your life that you already think is crazy or you already think is lacking of uh, intellect and brain power, you might not even want to ask that question. Excuse me. You may not even want to ask that question to someone that you already know is pretty dumb and, and pretty crazy because that's really not going to get you anywhere. The people that this question is designed for are people that actually can come up with a independent thought on some level. It's not very entertaining to ask dumb people questions. Uh, 
It used to be. When I was younger, I loved it. I loved asking really dumb people questions. But it's just not that entertaining anymore. Now, for me, the entertainment value is when you see somebody's face light up and the light bulb goes off. It's like, oh, I never thought about that. I'm glad you asked me that question. So don't just take this thing and and go to church next Sunday and ask everyone standing around you in the pews. That's no fun. They've proven they're dumb. They're already there. No, what you want to do is you want to find somebody who has faith, or at least says they have faith, but also seems to have a, a pretty relative amount of intelligence about them, have some smarts, you know? That's where I'm thinking this question should be used, because those are the people that you might be able to talk them off the ledge. You might be able to make them think, hey, um, this story sounds really good, but it's got some pretty fucked up parts where some, there's a little rape, there's a little torture, there's a little murder in this thing. Maybe I should think about this some more. I'm talking about the Bible, of course. Um, so, yeah, use it carefully. Don't just throw this thing out at your mailman or anybody who shows up, unless it's a Jehovah's Witness, then please feel free. Um, but, uh, well, I'll take that back because they're crazy already. Maybe you don't want to ask the Jehovah's Witness. I don't know. I got to think about this more. But um, I think it's a great question. I think it's a wonderful question. I think it gives you every answer you need and tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the person that you're asking. But be careful. It could blow up on you. Or they could blow up on you. And you don't want that. So last week I didn't do a podcast. And that last week was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 which is um, a pretty big moment in my life. I was 29 when it happened. I had a son that was in, uh, oh, he was actually in kindergarten when it happened. And it scared the shit out of me. It scared me to think what the hell is happening in our world. And of course, as we, as we started figuring it out all out and putting it all together, it was some uh, Muslim extremist terrorists that did it all in the name of Allah. And I've said this before, that 9-11 was the first time that I really and truly realized how dangerous uh, religious people and religions really are. And when I asked the question, you know, if God asked you to kill your child, would you do it? Um, there's evidence right there. 9-11 is evidence right there that some people would. Some people would kill as many total strangers as they can because they feel like they've been told to. Um, 9-11 was a big moment in my life. Um, before 9-11, I thought that I thought that Christians and religions were just annoying. I thought they were just annoying. I got tired of Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on my door, and I got tired of random strangers in public places approaching me, wanting to talk to me about their God. I, it was just fucking annoying. And after 9-11, I realized how truly dangerous these people are. And that's when I really started expressing myself to people about my beliefs. Because I do think that religion and Christianity and, well, religious people of all faiths are dangerous. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to ask the question. I wanted to bring it up because I really... I feel like I'm surrounded by people that have a potential for violence at all times. 
I feel like I'm surrounded by dangerous people when I'm surrounded by people who are Christians or religious of any faith. So that's part of the reason why the question is important to me. Now, the 9-11 hijackers, we know how dangerous they were. We know they came from a larger group of very dangerous people who are willing to kill at random, willing to kill total strangers. I wonder how they would have answered that question. If you would have had the lead guy, Muhammad Atta, who flew the first plane into the World Trade Center. Hey, uh, if your God told you to kill your child, would you do it? I think we know what his answer would have been. He proved what he was willing to do. One thing about faith and people who have strong religious faith is they're constantly trying to prove to you how strong their faith really is. And that's what these guys were doing on 9-11. They were trying to prove how strong their faith was. They wanted to die heroes of their religion. How many people are out there around you right now that are looking for a way to prove how strong their faith is, to prove all the things that are they are willing to do in the name of their God so that they can die a hero of their religion. How many people are out there around you right now that are thinking about this? Now, my belief is there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them that really, they're looking for a way to become religious famous famous for however they can prove how religious they really are. You see it all the time. You see it in social media. You see people post things in social media. It always has a religious overtone. It always is them putting their beliefs out there because they want to be known. They want to be religious famous, right? They want to be faith famous. They want to be famous. They want to be known for their beliefs. What are they willing to do to acquire that fame? Over time, you have to do more and more, right? You have to do more and more. You know, look at how things have happened over the last 20 years since 9-11. Look at how fame has been, the extremes that people go to to become famous now, whether it's famous for religion or famous for anything else, you know? You know, I, I live in a town where several years ago, a guy shot and killed a news reporter live on TV. And he made a video of himself doing it and posted it to his Facebook account. That's what he was willing to do to make himself famous and make himself be remembered. I don't think it was faith-based. I don't think he was doing it for religious reasons. But he was willing to do it. What are religious people willing to do to you to prove how strong their faith is? What kind of dangerous acts are they willing to perpetrate on innocent victims, unknowing victims that happen to be close by them? What are they willing to do to make themselves famous in the name of their God? You know, Muslim terrorists think that they're going to die and go somewhere with a bunch of virgins. Huh. Okay. That seems completely ludicrous to me, but at some point that made sense to these people. 
They were believers. They once they believe that faith, once they believe in that God and that almighty leader, then they're susceptible to believe any fucking thing. Some people think that they have to prove their faith by deeds and not just words. Those are the ones that will uh, protest. You know, what's the church in Kentucky where they go around and they protest at military funerals and they protest gay people and they say mean things about gay people and they think that they're doing God's work, but they're actually just being fucking assholes. You know? And as we go through time and as things play out, people are going to have to do more and more wild and crazy things to get noticed because now just standing on the street corner street corner reading scripture at the top of your lungs and being a street preacher that's not going to do it anymore that's been done that's old shit now you got to fly fucking airplanes into buildings to be noticed to be a martyr to die the ultimate death of a faith-based person I really feel like I'm surrounded by dangerous people that are capable of just about anything just because of their faith. And they want me to know how strong their faith is. So as ridiculous as the question sounds, would you be willing to kill your child or your children? It does sound ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous to me because I can't even fathom that. That actually might be a good idea to some of these people. Yeah, that'll make me famous. That'll show everybody how much I love the Lord. That'll show the Lord how much I love the Lord. I'm always willing to do the Lord's bidding. That's one thing about Christianity, faith, religions of all parts of the world is that to me as a non-believer, the things that I think, wow, nobody would ever do that. That's just, that's just too crazy. Well, if you have faith and your faith is your reason, you might be willing to do some of those things. You might be willing to do anything, anything destructive. You could be a homicidal maniac as long as you're doing it in the name of the Lord. That's what a lot of these people think. And that's what I'm afraid of moving forward. Everybody's on their soapbox now. Everybody's got their social media and they put their stuff out there. All the people that invaded the Capitol, they wanted to be known as Capitol invaders because they all post it to their social media. They all put it in their Facebook feed. Yay, look at me. I'm invading the Capitol. I have a reason. I'm a hero. I should be a hero to you guys out there that didn't come with me to invade the Capitol. That's why all of these people are doing these dastardly deeds and they're promoting it. They're building themselves up. They're hyping themselves up, doing horrible things. And they think it's courageous. They think that they're doing it and they're one of the few people doing it because they're the only ones with the courage to do it. They're the only ones to stand up for what's right. And that's some scary shit. That is some scary shit. I would not at all think that anyone who knows I'm an atheist, any devout 
Christian that knows I'm an atheist would be more than willing to kill me so they can say, see how good of a Christian I am? I rid the world of this atheist. I believe that every day. I believe the potential is there every day for that to happen. To some, For somebody to feel like they're doing something good for their God by doing away with an atheist. I believe it. The Nazi party started out as a Christian organization, and they started killing Jews to prove how Christian they really were. This isn't new. This has been around for a long time. Study your history books, kids. People have been killing each other because of their faith for thousands of years. It's not going to stop. It's only going to become more extreme. It's, it's 20 years ago, it was the Muslim faith that decided we're going to kill innocent people in the name of Allah. Well, now everyone who is a Trump supporter says they do it because of their faith. They don't care that people get killed when the capital is invaded. They don't care. So American faith-based people are willing to kill innocent people as easily as Muslim terrorists were willing to kill us on 9-11. We become a country of faith-based people that we are willing to kill innocent Americans to prove how strong our faith is. So you have to ask these questions. You have to ask the question, would you be willing to kill your child if your God told you to? You have to know these things. Because if they're willing to do that, then they're willing to kill you, and they wouldn't think twice about it. You know, when I go shopping, I go to Target, or I go anywhere I go, my head's on a swivel. I'm always looking around. I go to a restaurant. I never look straight ahead. I always look around. Because we live in a crazy fucking world. And the craziest fucking people in it are the religious people, the faith-based people. They're the craziest motherfuckers on our planet, and they're capable of anything. So when I go out, and I'm in public somewhere, I just assume that shit can go down any minute, and I might need to pay attention. I'm not going to sit at a table in a restaurant and get lost on my phone. I'm not going to walk through Target and not pay attention to what's going on around me, and I definitely don't go to Walmart. So I'm careful. And I'm asking you to be careful. I'm asking you, whether you listen to my podcast every episode, or if you just listen one time, or if you're listening to my episode because you want to hear what a crazy atheist sounds like that contradicts your belief in your God, I'm going to tell you as well, pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to how dangerous these things are. 9-11 should have been an eye-opening experience for everyone when it comes to religion and what faiths are are willing to do and what people are willing to do to become famous based on faith. But it didn't. It didn't work out that way. It turned into American Christians saying, see, look, Muslims are crazy. Muslims are evil, twisted people that are willing to do anything to get their message across. 
That's right. Muslims are just like American Christians. And the fact that we don't see that, and the fact that the majority of our country doesn't see that, is the reason why when I go out in public, I'm always looking around, waiting for a crazy Christian to flip the fuck out and do damage. I'm not really so much worried about the Muslims. I'm not really so much worried about most faiths. I'm worried about the faith that have the followers that think that they're the only ones that are right, that they're the only ones that are the true believers in the true God. Those are the ones that I'm truly afraid of because I think they're willing to do anything to prove their faith and to become famous for it. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. So I'm done with that, at least for now. Hey, thanks for listening. If this was your first time, I hope you enjoyed it or at least got something out of it. If you've come back for more, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, please rate and subscribe wherever you happen to listen to podcast. So you'll get mine whenever it comes down, usually on Sundays. Uh, sometimes I do stuff on other days just to kind of shake it up a little bit. But uh, please rate, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell an enemy, tell somebody. Um, please shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you, whether it's a compliment, uh, hate mail, debate material. If you want to come on the podcast and debate me, I would love to hear from you. Or if you would just like to come on the podcast and make fun of Christians, I'm down for that too. So um, yeah, please reach out. The Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. No capital letters, no punctuation, just the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. Again, I've still got the idea that I want to do a Q&A episode. So if you just want to shoot me a question, once I get some together, I'd like to do an entire episode where I just answer questions. I like to answer questions. I'm a easy to question guy. So uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Keep your head on a swivel. Pay attention to what's going on around you. And now get out there and get to sinning.